Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graeme Young. Today I'm joined by Record Sports writer Tony Haggerty. And we've got a special guest today, former Celtic striker Scott McDonald. How are you, Scott? Very well, thanks. Delighted to be here. Excellent. How are you, Tony? Great. Did we give it a woo woo woo? Yeah, that's perfect. Is that a hoop hoop hoop? Yeah, that hoop hoop hoop's perfect, Tony. So on the pod today, we look at Celtic's win over Thistle, and that restarts Celtic on winning ways after the weekend. So we look back at the match last night. We also look at Marvin Compare. I've been told that's the right way to pronounce it. As in go compare. Yeah, yes, go compare, uh, that's it. We were, so we were taught that as well yesterday. So. so he's a veteran defender, and we'll look at can he strengthen the team and who he could maybe replace at the back line. And we'll also look at, uh, this is obviously aimed at Scott here, the Celtic strikers. Brendan Rodgers has been lining up with odds and Edward, but also Lee Griffiths and Moussa Dembele haven't started many games the last few weeks. Moussa Dembele in January, could he be on the move? Is he going to stay at Celtic? That will all be discussed in today's pod. So first and foremost, the party that's will give. Tony? Yeah, well, I thought Celtic were pedestrian last night. They got the job done because they were never under any danger uh, from Patrick Thistle, who never troubled them in the final third at all. But it still took them 35 minutes to break Thistle down, and it took a very special goal from Stuart Armstrong. You know, How did he play before the goal? Was he, I, he, he was playing fine. I mean, Scott Brown and Stuart Armstrong were the two best players on the night, you know, but uh, it took... Armstrong's cracking strike to, to break this down who for 35 minutes would have been pleased with their game plan which was to frustrate and contain you know and you know, you, kinda, you worried a wee bit how Celtic I thought that Celtic would come flying out the traps you know because they've been in situations like that before but it was it was a very subdued performance but competent and they were stroking it around but once they got the breakthrough goal it was fine it was just a question of when they would get a second and if they would get more but uh, I still feel that we're going to talk about odds on Edward later, but I think he could maybe contribute more. Okay. That's, that's a personal opinion. One thing you touched upon there, Tony, was Celtic coming out the traps quick. Under Rodgers, that hasn't been a hallmark, especially at Parkhead. It's the start of the first few games the Rangers ever did in his first season, it was like that, in the Motherwell game the week before. But do you think there's a reason for that? There's always quite a deliberate way they play. Is there anything? Uh, I mean, I, I know they, they play a, a, that, that expansive style and the passing style, you know, but I just felt that there would be an instant reaction to the manner of defeat on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott can maybe enlighten us when mm-hmm. things like hap- happen and you get beaten. I, I would have thought he would want to make amends, but I just didn't see that from the off. You know, I didn't see an urgency. Or, you know, it was, as I say, it was pretty pedestrian and, and mundane, and until they scored the first goal, it was kind of like, oh, I, I mean, someone even behind us said, this is like watching Ronnie Dyer's team. It wasn't that bad, but it was kind of approaching. It was tippy tappy, but going nowhere, you know. So, but uh, as I say, once they got the first goal, it was that that was kind of you felt the game was done then because Thistle offered no resistance, you know. But we're just happy to contain and maybe had their eye on Saturday because they play Hamilton. You know, it's a bigger game for them. You know? Definitely. 
think when for you here, Scott, just if you could maybe give us an insight what it's like to be a Celtic player in the sense, yeah, coming off a game wasn't. I hard. think I think obviously what you said there, you know, Tony, in terms of coming out of the traps quick. I think that's easier said than done in terms of if if we look at you know not just Sunday on its on its own merit, but if we look at the previous, you know, performances leading into that result, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, confidence has a lot to do with that, and performances before that that result on Sunday, um, and it's not just as easy just to come and turn it on. And I think they're looking for a little bit of that confidence now. And I think, like you said, once they scored the first goal, it relaxed, yeah. relaxed their play, relaxed the players, and the confidence started to lift a little bit, and they could sort of express themselves a little bit more. And I think that's what's been lacking a little bit this year, is. Everyone was playing at an elite level last year, yeah. playing probably you know higher than what they've you know played you know in their careers up until now. And you had the likes of the influence of Dembele and Sinclair coming into that squad and giving it a massive lift. I just don't feel they've had that this year in terms of with the signings that uh, Brendan Rodgers has made. He's not made enough impact signings you know to that first eleven. You, you probably think to evolve, you have to freshen. I, I believe so. I hope. definitely do. It's it's a lot easier said than yeah, done. Yeah. So obviously, you know it's. A, the market Celtic are looking at is a lot different from what you'd be looking at if you were obviously like we always touch on in the English Premier League and you have to go and buy bargains and um, they're hoping you know that, that Cham becomes one of them and slowly slowly we've just been seeing him come back on yeah. a game again I know he didn't play you know from the start last night but um, he's one that they're looking for you know more from in the future There's always a, there was a school of thought as well Scott that that result against Hearts was coming yes with the results previous mm-hmm. you know that it they were just dragging the heels a little bit, yeah, weren't they? And they were, they were drawing, they dropped shit more points than they ever have yes. last season, you know. And everyone thought, well, there's a defeat in the post. Mm-hmm. I think it was the manner of the defeat and the nature of it that shocked everybody and took everybody by surprise. But it was a performance that kind of, if you'd been studying Celtic, you would see that it, it, it was there, wasn't it? Yeah, you exactly. Know? It was. It was coming. You know, in terms of you know the the games against Motherwell. You know, they did enough just to get by, and they've been they've been that good that we've been saying for a long time. You know, it's it, that's just the quality of Celtic. They know how to win games when they're not playing so well. But there's only so long you can't play well and get away with that. And I think they finally hit the nail on the head. You know, on Sunday where you know, a team that come up against them, Craig Levine's played against Celtic previous times at Tynecastle. He knows it's tight. It's a great atmosphere, and he wants to get physical. And that's something maybe lacking in that Celtic team. I think which we'll touch on a, a wee bit later. Yeah. I think the other one I was going to ask you there, Scott, is you were obviously involved in dressing rooms after defeats, big mm-hmm. defeats. What's the process like for Celtic players, the coaching staff? Do you have to pick yourself up back to basics? How does yeah, I think I think the management has a, a big say in that in uh, how the atmosphere is within the group itself. And I think Brendan Rodgers and he and his coaching staff are fantastic at getting the best out of their players. And I have no doubt that that was the case. You know, after that poor performance and result on Sunday, you know, when we used to come in when Gordon had us, he was fantastic at lifting the group. You know lightheartedness, you know, come on, you know, the Monday and we start again. We start afresh again and I think wouldn't have been any different for, for these players and albeit though, you know, losing a game after sixty nine I don't think many of us can even understand what that would feel like, um, to go that length of time, you know, unbeaten. Um it certainly hurt a lot. But um yeah, I I think all the talk was a bit very drastic. I think we've all been <laughs> we've all been waiting dramatically for this to happen for so long that it was oh my god! It's you know it's a crisis. It's one <laughs> loss in in sixty, you know, in seventy, you know, and we're and, and I've got Scott Brown saying you know we will bounce back from that. Of course they will. You know they're a top quality side, and who who not better to play than than, than bottom of the league? You know when you know the next game. So especially at home when 
you know they won't have any confidence either and they're, and they're just looking to you know contain Celtic and it was a great way to, to come back off a defeat I think that was a thing as well there was a sense of perspective needed on that Scott you know you, you know how difficult it is to win matches first and yeah. foremost but to win well to go unbeaten in 69 mm-hmm. I mean that's something that will take a long time before that's ever eclipsed or, or if it ever is eclipsed, most definitely you know? I, the other thing is with this group as well uh, the thing that you do ask is that they've never had the pressure previous to now of people chasing them and really putting pressure on them albeit Aberdeen are or, or was only two points off before you know last night now it's five um and that might have, you know, in the back of Celtic's mind, a little, a little game. Obviously, after you know losing, you know that game, it's like, you know, they're, they're, a lot of teams are closer than what they should be to us right now, and and that does add extra pressure. And um, it's interesting to see how how players react from that because let's be honest, you know, Celtic haven't had that for a good period of time now. And um, if Aberdeen can keep pushing, but I, I still think the, the way Celtic's mentality is that they believe that they are a lot better than than the rest. You know, and they'll continue to go from strength to strength. One player you touched upon there, Scott Brown, who you played with. Uh, what would his role have been? Would he have been similar to Brendan Rodgers in the sense? Would he have been G not the players? And yeah, I, there's no doubt that Scott has a massive impact within that change room. You know, he's, he's such a, a huge leader, um, a motivator, and you know, players look up to him. You know, he's 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 played the most games. You know, a Scottish players played in Europe. His experience levels now are. You know, unbelievable. Um, he's won everything that you could possibly win within the game up here, and you know, I, I don't think there would have been you know too much you know of a of a crisis meeting. I think it would have just been let's get on with it, lads. Next one, and uh, let's forget this one and get on with the next one. Scott's the beaten heart of that team, isn't he? Yeah, well, we've seen that over the last five performances, have we not? In terms of, I think every, over the last two years, yeah. he's played arguably his best. I think even more so because everyone else's performance haven't been of a level of recent times and he's still showing up and standing up and and making, you know, trying to make things happen and it's just unfortunate that we haven't seen the others moving up to those standards and I think, you know, Kieran Tierney, we forget sometimes how young Kieran is, he's still a young boy and he's played a lot, a lot of football of recent times and you just fear there is a little bit of a you know a burnout coming yeah. with, with Kieran, and I'm sure there's no better man than to, to see that than Brendan Rodgers himself, and I'm sure he'll see that, and maybe that might be an area where he goes and strengthens, you know, come January and, and trying to give I him a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that takes us nicely to the first January transfer signing, Marvin Compare. What do we think? What do we know of him? What, what's going to bring? If Marvin can play the way he speaks, and Celtic will want to watch because he was impressive. He's an impressive and he was telling us yesterday that he was good in the air, he's a great passer of the ball and you know, you're thinking to yourself, have Celtic signed Franz Beckenbauer here, you know, because that's, that's what he kind of, he was saying that that's what he does, but uh, listen, he's played, it's a decent pedigree, he's, he's spent a lot of time in the Bundesliga and the Bundesliga is one of the best European leagues, you it's know, not he, joining for us. It's no, Leipzig yeah, and he helped Leipzig finish second in their inaugural season in the Bundesliga and into the Champions League. Okay, but he came surplus to requirements. Was he came out the team? But you can't get through a season like that, that high level, playing those kind of teams, finishing that position without having some sort of pedigree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure. No, I'd have to agree that. on that. I think, obviously, being his age and the experience he's had, I think um, Brendan Rodgers is looking for a, a leader. You know, one that's got experience at the back, someone who can drag, you know, people left and right, and then tell them where to go. I, I think that's something maybe. 
that you know Celtic have lacked a little bit you know, on the experience side of the game because it is a very very young squad um, out with you know we touch on Scott Brown and to have another you know senior you know player in the mix obviously they lost Colatore at the end of last season and I think you know Brendan's missed him in terms of a mentor and a leader um, even when he wasn't playing they got the initial bounce when Colatore yes. came in defensively he organised everything and he looked the part mm-hmm. and right up until the game against Borussia at home where yeah. he had the clangers and made those mistakes and then people started to and then you see he got injured as well and yeah. you know people started to doubt him but I think it was just too late for Colo to yeah. rediscover some of his yeah. you know his form but uh, his influence as you say I think compares coming in one for the influence as well and probably his organisational skills which is something that Celtic have lacked yeah. at the, the back the of the pack the biggest question you know? of it all who, who comes out for him you know, that's, I, that's 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 the biggest one. Is it going to be you know Boyata or Semenovic? If, if you were picking the team first eleven for the Europa game, who would you? Imagine I, I would imagine from what I hear and from what I know, I'd imagine it would be Semenovic that would be would be the, the the likely one that of the two that would be. Uh, Rogers has said a couple of times. I think he's hinted that he needs players that play, and a couple of times I think Semenovic has missed games. Is yeah. it, do you think Boyata could form a good partnership? Yeah, I just think he he feels. You know, Boyata has got everything. You know, um, since he brought him back in the side, in the side from I think it was more or less Siberia last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's been ever present. You know, uh, albeit with the, you know he had that, that injury at the start of the season, but he's been ever present um, since then. And um, he has gone from strength to strength. I just feel sometimes, you know, that they need someone in there that that can when things do get a bit rocky, um, especially in the the big European game, someone with experience that they've lacked that a little bit. They, they've been strung all over the place and, and they haven't been you know gelled together there's only so much Scott Brown can do further up front you know you need someone in that back four that's willing to drag people and, and organise them you know especially you know in, inside that box which I think has been lacking and I also don't think that Boyata's a common influence I think some people look at Boyata and think you know you're prone to mistakes and you're, yeah. a, you're a worry I think that's and, because and, obviously and, under Rodney Dyla he was making a lot of mistakes was he not there's a player there isn't there in the yeah. sense if compare turns out to be the common influence so to speak but yeah it's got his strengths he can go back to just being the ball winner or mm-hmm. and, and Rodgers has also been given a lot of game time or some game time to Ayer Christopher yes. Ayer so he, he's maybe wanting to see did he impress you last night? He, he, well he strolled through it because he wasn't really under much threat but then again that's that's a good thing because everything every game you play at that level is an experience you know so there are games where yeah. you won't be tested but you still keep your wits about you. You keep a clean sheet because this is a, this is a defence that lost four, what three days previous. Yeah. You know, should you go in there and keep a clean sheet? I, I'm sure it will have done him the world of good. And, and I think Ron just wants to see what Ayers made of because I think he impressed enough at Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. You know, and in in stages, you know, where he thought people thought this guy could be the real deal, but needs to needs to step it up and play for an extended run himself to get in the team. And maybe he's looking at thinking. If I can get compare to nurture this guy and by after then he might think of a, a back three or, or whatever, you know, and push tearing more further forward. One thing I was going to ask you there, Scott, is just in your own time playing the game, what kind of defender gives you the most problems? What kind of player what type of player? Tall, strong? I, I didn't mind it? the physical types. I didn't mind that at all, tall and strong. It was more the, the more mobile, you know, centre half that could nip in front of you. You know, because I'm quite a smaller guy, very awkward to play against. Back in, um, get my, 
my big backside <laughs> in the way. But it was it was the ones that were a little bit more nimble and could read the play and, and just nip in front of you or, or just read the play and, and were quick, obviously, you know, on the ground as well. Uh, that's always difficult to play against. But they were they were the more difficult. The, the, the big, tall, you know, generalised centre-half wasn't an issue for me. I think I gave them more problems than, than what they gave me in the end. So, so we'll turn now to players, transfers for Southgate in January. First one I want to touch on is players out. There's no... I'd say obvious there was one today that Nader Chiftree who's on loan at Plymouth obviously yeah. has to never but guys like Liam Henderson or Plasimunovic is there anyone you think's likely I think to be I think Sviatchenko could be one Yeah, I really do yeah, obviously yeah, now that Compare's yeah. come back in um, he's been fit for, for a little while now yeah. and he, he's not really been seen has he no. he's, not, he's not been given not. any game time so uh, and I'm not sure Brendan Rodgers is convinced he's his type of yeah. player Albeit, I think he's probably the hardest defender to play against that Celtic. Yeah, yeah. You know, played against you know the three of them yeah. that have been playing obviously up until Compare came. I think he was the most physical and the most aggressive. Um, but the the overall package, I think Brendan's just not fancying him as much as the as the rest. You trust the manager's judgment because he sees them every day in training. Mm-hmm. So you you've got to think that there's something there that not he just right, doesn't yeah. fancy with, with Eric Svitchenko. Touched on Henderson as well. Henderson's long been linked with that permanent deal with Hibs you know I don't know if further than the Celtic might well they might start they might think about maybe offering that and some money as for, for McGinn mm-hmm. a John McGinn type I th- there is rumours of that you know, I, I think mean that's been circulating for a while and that it would make sound business sense if Brendan Roger likes him but he's after the last game he kind of was a wee bit scathing about John McGinn wasn't he and yeah. said that he wasn't as good as Scott Brown which which I think most people would agree with but I think it's fair to say that he he is a good player and if, if that's the market yeah. you touched upon that Celtic are in then they'd have to be looking at guys like McGinn and the possibility of Henderson plus some cash for McGinn would probably represent good value for money uh, I would watch this space on the Henderson one Yeah, uh, it might not be as close to home as what you think um, there is interest from abroad from what I am hearing at the there's minute there's an Italian club isn't there Supposedly there's possibilities here yeah, from, from obviously what's you know you hear from other footballers and from the grapevine. Um, if that was to be the case, then it'd be a great education for the boy and uh, a great move. I think the, the thing with Henderson is Henderson just wants to play football. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's a, he's a player that loves playing football. He plays with a smile on his face, and he's a, he's a lovely lad. And I think he's at the stage where he's thought, you know what, it's not going to happen. He needs to play. Celtic, and he needs to play, whether that be Italy, whether it be Hibs or, or wherever. Just no substitute for playing Scott will tell you that mm-hmm. I think that's compounded by the fact that he's not playing well but playing youth games with his brother now where this Liam was a couple of years ago he's playing first team and now he's I think it's getting to that point where I think Trudor said that he could be good well you only need to go back to the 2016 Scottish Cup final mm-hmm. it's Henderson to deliver yeah. you put in the ball for David now, Gray to score that no. famous goal you know, so should be a, a year down the line and you're still talking about him not getting regular football so I think he'll be frustrated by that lack of opportunity more than empty what about players then? So we've got compare. What I talk about Lewis Morgan. Uh, well, the manager didn't want to talk about Lewis Morgan <laughs> last night, ha- having previously labelled him the future of Scottish football. No, does that mean it's Well, it might be manager speak for its course. <coughs> Scott will tell you that more, more than most. So Lewis Morgan, a player you played against this season. Uh, what do you think of him? He's got all the attributes to be a top top player. Uh, the the thing that really stuck out for me was I couldn't really work out what foot he was. He can go both ways, you know, and um, speaking to players that play with him, he's very ambidextrous in, in terms of he, he doesn't really mind going either way. He scored, he scored one from 20-odd yards with his left foot, 
and he's curled one in with his right foot from from you know outside the box in that in that same very same game and uh, he's very direct and very pacey and he certainly gets bombs off seats um, and you know I, I can see him going from strength to strength albeit you know he's in the championship right now I think he's been you know player of the season in the championship um, there is a heavy you know links with with Celtic at the moment if he does make that move um, how will he cope only time will tell but. If he can certainly do what he's been doing in the championship, he'll he'll be an exciting prospect at Celtic. Would you be quite happy to see him go to Celtic permanently in January if that was the case? I would, I most definitely would. Obviously, any chance to weaken your your opponents, you're more than happy to do so. But um, I believe that even if he does go, that uh, he'll be loaned back. I think that's the the remit for allowing him to to be sold in the first place. Just one you touched on, uh, obviously moving out again. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Johnny Hayes as well. Yeah. And not a, another guy who's not played a lot of football, and yeah, it's a dream come true to play. You know, a, you know, a club you've supported all your all your, all your life. You know, and, and Johnny Hayes is certainly one of them. But there comes a time if you're if you're not playing football, and he hasn't, and there has been a lot of interest. You know, before he signed for Celtic yeah, down yeah. in the Championship, and we're only six months on from that. Uh-huh. There's a lot of teams trying to push for promotion. I think Cardiff are one that we're yeah, interested. Cardiff, you just wonder if that that might come up, come about again, and, and Neil Warnock comes and has a little nibble yeah. at him. You wouldn't be surprised if Aberdeen came back. Yeah, I, I think I think now though Johnny's moved on from yeah, that yeah. now. You know, in terms of especially financially. financially you know, yeah, I think yeah. that's a, a very difficult one for Aberdeen to, yeah. to probably touch that, and I think he'd be looking now to try and progress his career somewhere else at another higher level if he possibly could. So you go to return now to the strikers, so that's obviously your area of expertise. <laughs> so, w- what's the strategy? What's Celtic's strategy with Edward here? They've been starting them a number of games the last few games. Uh, what's the specifics? Do you think with his deal, I think there's a permanent option? Do you think they're trying to get a look at him now to see if he's worth the money at the end? Or? I certainly think that that's a case. I think there's also another case that Brendan Rodgers isn't happy with. Dembele or Griffiths at the moment um, whether it be performance related or, or otherwise um, and just trying to teach them a little lesson and give them a kick up the backside as well but also gives them a great opportunity to have a look at Edouard as well obviously with this do you think he'll sign the present do you think it will uh, obviously off the back of that hat-trick that he scored everyone got a little bit excited there his performances haven't really been up to scratch since then so I think it's a, I think it's a fifty-fifty at the moment that one. I think ideally, you know, if it's if Celtic could have their way and he, and he could pick up his performances and they could get him relatively, I think there is a, a certain you know buyout, um, a couple of mil or whatever, um, and if they could buy him, uh, you know, and they're looking for a light like re, like replacement in terms of can we shift you know Dembele on for a, a heavy amount of money and bring in him and he can be the answer, uh, still to be debated. I think. Do you think Dembele will go in January? Um, I don't know if it'll be January, but I would certainly imagine it will be, if not then, then the end of the season. I think I think it probably will be time that Celtic did cash in. I think maybe his head's starting to get a little bit turned also. Okay. I couldn't agree more. I also think that Edouard has to do more. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at... Dembele's a big game player. Turns up in the big games. Yeah. You know, he's a right brute physical presence there and he gives Celtic that when, when they need it most. Griffiths is just a scorer of great goals and a great goal scorer and he will run the channels, he's just busy. From the moment Lee Griffiths steps on a football park, he's busy. You know, and a lot of Celtic fans are raging that he, he's not playing because it's a no-brainer. You know, and I just think Edouard, the jury's out for Edouard, because mm-hmm. you can score a hat-trick but it doesn't necessarily mean you've played well. You know, Scott will tell you that, more, but most strikers are judged by goals. But there's just there's, he has to be more mobile, he has to be more switched on. But again, he's young. 
and yeah. he's learning but Dembele seemed to have grasped that from the get go when he came in hit the ground running and I agree with Scott completely that I think his head's been sweetened by various talk elsewhere and if he doesn't go in January then he, he almost certainly I think Celtic will almost certainly want to get the big money for him that they, they hope they're going to get oh, yeah. before your before your stars on the way because yeah. he hasn't lit up this season the way he did last season so you know would you shell out 20 million or whatever it is for him at this moment in time the answer's probably no mm-hmm. I think that Tony City up quite nicely they've got out the three of them and obviously they've all got skills they've got the least experience Who, who's the best out of the three I think, I think if you're looking at it I touch on there I think if you're looking at the, the full complete player and the promise that he shows and where he can go it has to be Dembele for me you know um, in terms of he's just got all the attributes to be a top top player and when he's on his game I think there's only one choice you know Lee does run him really close but um, you know that that natural physicality that, that, that Dembele gives you also you know causes teams a lot of problems and we've seen that you know straight away when he first come back from injury there and he was playing in Europe straight away he's given you know the top European teams problems again you know he he has turned up a little bit in those nights because he's yeah. really up for it. He wants to show people that he's at that level. It's just been the week-to-week stuff at the minute. He's, he's, he's not been up to the standards that, that what he reached last year at the minute. It's just his decision-making sometimes. Yeah, because he's you still know, young. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we talk about... Young. Yeah, it's as if he's an experienced player, yeah. but he's, what, 20? Yeah, you know, I think so he's 20. 20. So, you know, he's got a lot of maturing to do in, in a football sense, but he, the raw ingredients are certainly there. So that takes us on to Griffiths in particular, Scott. I think you as a striker, obviously, looking for games, looking for goals, and say for a player, what's the process? You're not playing, maybe a bit frustrated. How would a situation like that maybe escalate from this is a bit annoying, I'm not playing, to I really need to start looking at my future? Um, well, especially when you play for a club of, of Celtic's calibre, um, and in terms of you know financially, um, your head can get turned most certainly you know because there is a lot of clubs out there you know Lee Griffiths has performed to great levels at Celtic you know scoring those two goals against England as well I think really raised his stock you know in the summer uh, especially down south I think that sort of started to get people you know off their off their feet a little bit and going mm, yeah Lee Griffiths actually you know what possibly could do it down in England you know obviously come off the back of the Wolves thing come back up the road and I think the naivety of you know English football sometimes is they don't want to look up here in terms of the quality of, of player that we have and, and they see Celtic players performing to levels and they think, oh, well, it's easy because of what they're playing against. But, you know, Lee Griffiths, for me, could easily go down to, to England and have a very good career and, and go back down the championship where he's experienced that before. And, and there's certainly a lot of teams down there that would, that would pay you know, a lot more money in terms of his weekly wage and probably a good transfer fee you know, if if he was made available, but again, I see Lee very content and being you know very happy. You know, being up in Scotland, you know, with his family and, and playing for Celtic, and um, I, I really can't see him moving at this point. But there will come a time, like every good player, if you're not playing, you're not happy. It's as simple as that, and you don't care about where you're at. You just want to play football and and feel like the main man as a striker does. I also think last season Celtic had that invincible domestic run going, and he. And, he, and Brendan Rodgers chopped and changed it and he had a habit of keeping players sweet and happy but now that it's kind of that's all gone now you know guys start to find excuses or call it what you like to, to you know grumblings of discontent and unhappy and Griffiths Stick was a player that put up with for so long but no nah, if you don't play me I, I will I'll go 
you know, and Scott rightfully says, strikers like that cost money and English clubs can afford yeah. uh, whatever you want to yeah. And I think the league yeah, of, price. of today is a different striker to the ones that when Brendan Rodgers came in the door, I think there's more to <coughs> there, isn't there? Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. He's listened to the penny's dropped. Yeah. But Griffiths, if you want to be Celtic's main man, you have to listen and learn. And all all the daft stuff that he might have been associated with, you know, in his younger days, it's, it's been knocked out of him because he realises there, there are no better places to play football and score goals than for Celtic. And if you do it regularly, then you know, you're, you're a hero, you're, you know, to he is. <coughs> so we'll turn quickly to the Europa League with Zenit. Big game, as you can imagine, it's not an easy draw. What do you think the chances are, Scott? Well, again, I, people ask me this, and I, I think it's a very difficult one to answer right now until we see what, you know, Celtic do in the transfer market in January, and there's a lot of football to be played from now till those games as well so you don't know what kind of form Celtic are going to be leading into that for all we know you know Celtic you know turn the screws and, and start you know performing like they did you know last season again um, and Sinclair you know it's unbelievable I mean Sinclair's stats this year are phenomenal you know the, the amount of goal return he's had but I think if you're looking at his all-round game and I'm being really really picky uh-huh. mind you but what have you I, I just don't think he's his all-round game's been at those levels that what he was to be the player of the year last year but I think that's not just him. I think, I think we're looking at Celtic last year, and it's hard not to make comparisons to to the Invincibles last year because I think one to eleven, and and even twelve, thirteen, and fourteen were all coming in, and they were all playing out their skin. You know, whereas this year, I think we're just looking for a little bit more out of the likes of Dembele's and Sinclair's because of the elite levels that they reached last year. Um, and if he can start performing, they get Patrick Roberts back as well. Um, which has not worked out in terms of the move itself for me up until now, you know, how, how long they waited for Patrick. And it's been unfortunate that, that he's had this hamstring injury, but, um, you know, there's it, still a little while to go before this season ends. And hopefully, from a Celtic point of view, that that, that loan does work out because they paid a lot of money for him. You know, let's get that right, you know, in terms of, his, you know, his weekly wage and where Celtic could have gone with that. And they waited and they waited and they waited and they finally got their man. So they need Patrick back, you know, firing all cylinders also and, and making it competitive between Sinclair and, and Forrest also. And it was kind of around about this time Patrick came into the team last Yes, he did, yeah. Last season and, and did so well and became the icon and the, the man that Celtic fans wanted so badly. So maybe history could repeat itself, as Scott says. But I, I think see, the supporters are looking for more from Sinclair and more from Dembele because they know it's in their locker. Mm-hmm. And whether you put that down to performance levels dropping... I don't know, would the manager allow that? But there's certainly something not right for those players to be playing below the standard that they, they set last season. Were you impressed with Mikey Johnson last night? I, I like Michael Johnson. What I've seen of Mikey, he comes on and he busies himself around. And, and that's all you can do when you get the nod. You come on and you make an impression. And, and bit by bit, you maybe get a chance to make a further impression. But I mean, it's a hard task getting into that team and trying to dislodge the legs <laughs> You know, the three guys that were spoken yeah. about, Edward Griffiths, and you know, you've said, so, no way, but I think it shows that the managers get confidence in it. We go and let them have a, a run out against uh, Patrick Thistle. Go on and make a name for yourself, or go on and, and, and as, as I touched on earlier, every experience you get can only stand you in good stead. You want more of it. And so I think that'll push Mike on to try and be more, part, more and more part of the first team squad and get 
15 minutes here, 20 minutes here, and when he does get a chance then, stick it away and make, make the manager keep picking him for the squads. So we turn to Saturday, Aberdeen, do you think maybe Denny McInnes last week watching Celtic wasn't for nearly the whole, or you could have kept that for one week more, <laughs> to finally get that victory against Celtic? Uh, possibility, it gives him a little bit of remit, albeit very, very tough going to Celtic Park You know, for, for Aberdeen. Um, uh, it's going to be a big ask, but you know, in terms of they'll, they'll take a lot from obviously Celtic's defeat on Sunday and, and try and emulate little bits and pieces of that. Obviously, they had a fantastic result against Hibs as well. So, in terms of you know getting all the, the rubbish aside for for Derek, you know, in terms of the speculation um, of, of where his future was going to lie, I think that's helped the whole club calm down, the players you know, get back on that pathway, and I think. They'll have a really good week leading into this game and uh, hopefully it makes for a cracker. Um, I still think Celtic are not playing at the level so if it, I think it's a great time to go and go and play Celtic, that's for sure. The one thing I'll say about Celtic is, which you never thought at any time last season domestically, there's an air of vulnerability about them now. Hearts exploited that last week. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen might fancy their chances, you know, because the two defenders are they, you know, performing to their top level so if you can get in and about them, especially at the back of the pack, there, there, there can be mistakes and, and weaknesses there. So Aberdeen, Scott said, that this is probably one of the best chances Aberdeen do have of coming to Glasgow and registering the result. But again, it's a tall order, as you've seen in the past, when teams are fancy their chances and they come and they, they leave with nothing. I think it's funny, sorry, just to touch on yeah. before we move on, is you said vulnerability about the team itself I think it's a vulnerability about the whole club itself the fans <laughs> itself because they, they start to put pressure added yeah, pressure on the on the players yeah. themselves yeah. and the expectation levels because of last year as well we keep going on about it but and then all of a sudden they, they see things that weren't what they were that previous and they start getting on the players backs and, and that has a real detrimental effect you know I know we're talking about top play, level players here but in terms of the, the mental side of that it's not always easy to pick yourself up from that and if, yeah. if you're making a couple of bad passes and things aren't going your way then that's something I think Derek will touch upon as well if they can keep you know the Celtic crowd you know quiet and grumbly that, that could play in you know their hands also and as I said the earlier party came and for 35 minutes shut up shop and it was no no and it was very very boring spectacle you know and it took something special to unlock that now you know McInnes has got better players at his disposal and they will ask questions in the final third well, one of those questions, you know. I was going to ask you there, Tony. Is, there was a 1 0 game just after the winter break last year with Aberdeen, and there was a high press and not too, too much tactics. And same with the Scottish Cup final, the real success happened when they were pressing high up the pitch. The Aberdeen have been vulnerable against Celtic when they've been passive. How would you, if you were picking the team on Saturday, Scott, how would you, would you tell them to go? I think you would. Celtic yeah, players? I think you have to squeeze Celtic, you have to, especially from especially when Craig gets it at the back. I think the one thing you, you make Celtic do time and again is you make them kick long. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a big problem for Celtic. That they haven't found, you know, times when Dembele's played, it has been the answer. Um, of recent times, it hasn't been. And, and that's gave Celtic a real issue when they can't play out from the back and get a rhythm and you make them kick it. I think it, it becomes a lot more difficult for Celtic and you can get on top of them a little bit. So I think that will be possibly the remit is to try and stop them at source when Craig gets the ball, not to... You know, let Scott Brown get on the ball and dictate play because I think really, as we all know, if Scott starts getting on the ball, he really makes everything tick. He starts everything, you know, from you know right from the back and starts the attacks and, and all the good play comes through Scott. So I think that's another target they'll be looking at. And conversely, Aberdeen tried that in October. 
and they were slotted aside three nothing, mm-hmm. and arguably one of the best domestic displays from Celtic. They quite as yeah. on that game. They were a bit more. Uh, well, they couldn't get near them. Let's be honest, That's they fair. couldn't get the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and their intention, they kind of said, was to <coughs> do the high press and force Celtic into, you know, kicking it long, but they just couldn't get the ball. Yeah. You know, so you you run the risk of. If you look at the Hearts game last week and think, I'll try and emulate that. If it doesn't work, you know, because Celtic with the quality play round about, yeah. as they showed that night in Pretoria, and that was one of the, the more impressive performances under Rodgers uh, domestically. Certainly, I think know. that would be to do with what shape Brendan chooses as well. I think he caught Derek really off guard yeah. that night because in Griffiths terms of playing a back well, three, played yeah, he played a back yeah. three and he played yeah, more. He played more like a, a box midfield yeah, yeah, four yeah. with wing backs, uh-huh. and they had that extra man everywhere around the pitch. And I think, uh, I think Derek will just be hoping you know, Tom Rogic doesn't play the real scourge of <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, Aberdeen, yeah. you know, of, yeah. of, of recent times. And again, we talked about you know, some of the other players. He's another one this year yes. who hasn't reached the heights of, of what he did last year. You know, so I mean, it's. We can be really negative on it, or we can have a flip on it. And in, in, in terms of, there's still a lot more to come from all these these players that Celtic have at their disposal. And if they can reach those levels, then Celtic well, going to be very very the supporters are hoping there's a lot more to come from yeah. those guys. You know, because they've been, we see disappointed, but I don't know. They're, they're, as you say, there's an anxiety there now mm-hmm. when they take to the field with supporters about certain players. I think Sinclair club being one of them, Rogic being another. I think you know, that's why an injection in, in January could be a great thing for Celtic. A little bit, of, you know, more competition yeah. for places, and it gives you. It does really give you a drive. It really does. What was your pinpoint score? Uh, in terms of, uh, it, it's well, obviously the centre half was one because it, it just like we touched on. Sviatchenko didn't didn't look like he was in the picture. Um, I, I would still go. It depends on how long Patrick Roberts is out for, but you know, generally he likes to play one up front. So you're not going to be looking at another striker. I'd possibly be looking at a 10 though. You know, if, if mm. he doesn't feel that Tom Rogic is, is, is up to the levels at the moment, I think that's somewhere where they, they could do with an extra one. You know, instead of a striker, they could do with that one that can play okay, in, 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 a, in a sort yeah. of a false sort of nine. Yeah, you know, that can score goals. <laughs> they cost a lot of money. That's <laughs> yeah, the problem. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll see how much is in the piggy bank. Just to touch by an Aberdeen game, just further behind the number 10, you've got probably a competition between them. Cham and Armstrong. Armstrong's got the goal. Do you think this is a great chance for Armstrong now to kick on Scott Sterner against Patrick Thistle? This could be a real Scottish game, Aberdeen, back to basics for him. Every time you think that Armstrong is going to kick on, he seems to regress. I don't know what it is. And then he'll pull something out of the bag, you know, that's special. But Scott touched on earlier, I, I like Sham. You know, I, I think he's a player that's grown into it. And bear in mind, when you come from a culture that, that has it, it, it's, uh, it's difficult to come to Celtic and just hit the ground running you know because he, 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 his English is getting better but you know there, there's a language barrier for a start and then the, the demands that are placed on you when you come to a club at Celtic you're, you're not allowed not to be successful straight away you know but there, there's there's a player in Sham and I think it's why Brendan's persevering with him because every game that he plays he does something and you think mm-hmm. You've got, you've got real ability, you know, and, and for four million quid, you think, okay, if you could put it all together, you would be the complete package, but he's maybe just not trusted to put it all together mm-hmm. now, which is why Sham, Roger, Armstrong are getting, in the, you know, 
extended runs of team at different yeah. yeah. It's been a real problem for Brendan yeah. that as well because if you look at again, uh, if you look at last year, there wasn't too many changes within no, the, the first eleven. A lot. He just went with that eleven yeah. constantly. And, and you were thinking and you were thinking sometimes, oh you'll give a couple of rest tonight. No, he didn't. He just went with them every single time. But he's not found that mm. that formula this year on in terms of his He's trusted eleven. He, he's still trying to find it, even up until now. Which is why those three guys floating in and around the team. Another one as well. You know, McGregor as well, who got a purple patch, and is now again another one who maybe you think can maybe do with coming out the team for to be replaced by Sham Armstrong, Logic, whoever you know. But I, I think Scott's right. He, he, he hasn't found that perfect mix in the midfield yet, you know, and he's still tinkering with it, which can lead again to you know the results that they're having. Back to the strikers, if you were put in the spot, which are about to be, who do you think will start up front for Celtic <laughs> against Aberdeen? Who do you think will go for? I think, just for the, sure, for the sure of what I said earlier, in terms of expecting Aberdeen to, to possibly high-press them, I think it will be Dembele. I think he's the only one that's not had a crack in the, in the last two. <laughs> yeah. so, and it's, so, it's also a big game that floats yeah. Dembele's boat. It's mm-hmm. also the kind of game that he turns up in. So I, I think get yeah, and Boxing Day against Dundee and then back to Rangers. I, I also believe <coughs> that games like that, if that's who you've got at your disposal, you have to play Dembele. You know because he offers that. He, he can take them on, on his Todd, yeah. up there. He, he he relishes that role and he's got everything. You know, and if you give him the ball, he'll score. I just think he offers yeah. that that's something different. You know. Yeah, that's, and I think the one thing for the weekend as well. I think it was quite. A, it was a good turnout last night, wasn't it, Tony? To be fair, I think it was a good. Yeah, I was back to this is more akin to the kind of big game, big atmosphere, three o'clock kickoff as well. Of on course, TV, you know, sometimes like that makes a difference. I remember uh, maybe back in the Strachan days, it was a Hearts game and Hearts were emerging. That was a three o'clock. It's a different atmosphere when it's uh, non TV and just before Christmas. So yeah, it's a bit definitely. It, it is very difficult at this time of the year um, when everyone's so busy, yeah. you know, celebrating and in, in, in the festive spirit that. Sometimes your your crowds do dwindle here and there, and, and sometimes atmosphere wise, that can make it difficult, you know, to get up for certain games. I know Celtic played Hamilton last week, and it was a very poor crowd. It almost had a a League Cup vibe feel yeah, yeah. to it, you know, in terms of when Celtic have those early League Cup, you know, games at Celtic Park. Um, but yeah, like you touched on there, it was good to see the fans, you know, in their droves, you know, last night, you know, back in their team in terms of off the back of the, you know, that result. I think the weather helped as well. It wasn't too cold. Yeah. You know, it was mild. Tropical. Ah, yeah, it was mild enough for people to go. Had it been played the week before, you would have played to yeah. half empty stadium. It was just too cold to turn up, you know. But hey, but Saturday will be. A Saturday's one of those games where. Pre Christmas cracker. You, you, you want to be there to see yeah. that because it'll be a great experience. And it gives them an, uh, you know, the extra motivations to, is to obviously to you know, make the gap even bigger than what it is yeah, in the minute. Go eight clear. You know what this to the seasons a decent cushion definitely so give us a prediction Tony what do you think oh I think uh, I'll, I'll say 3-1 Celtic but it's that quick will it be well, it's, not, it's not the, it's not the, the modus operandi to start quick so probably not they might have to go a goal down before they kind of answer some kind of question but uh, I think they've just got better quality and I think that shows in the end that they're a better team but They'll be made to work hard for it, and they'll have to earn it. Will that win lead to wins against Dundee and Rangers as well? Do you think this is the start now after 
get back to basic games. Well, I think if they want to prove that they're over the Hearts result and there's no hangover at all from that, then yeah, they'll, they'll be targeting nine a nine from Aberdeen, Dundee, and Rangers. Easier said than done, but I, I think they won't admit that publicly, but privately. I think anything less will be a bitter disappointment to them, because there'll still be the belief there that they're better than Aberdeen, Dundee and Rangers, and they're ca- well capable of taking care of all three, but again, you have to prove that, don't you? Mm-hmm. What's your prediction, Scott? I, I think uh, Celtic win 2-0. Um, I think Derek McInnes has a very difficult choice in terms of who he plays further up top. I think that's been a real difficult problem for him in these big games. Without Ryan Christie as well. Yes, yeah. without Ryan Christie, which is a huge, huge loss. He's been probably the, you know, one of their players of the season up until now. Um, Gary Mackay, Stephen, obviously coming off two good goals though. You know, wanting to go back, prove a point. So it's good to see him back in a, in a bit of form. But does he play Rooney and May, or does he play you know one or the other? Um, if he doesn't play Rooney, he loses physicality. There's, there's all those questions to be answered, and I think that's been a huge problem. You know, playing against the top teams, who he plays up top to, to real, really give them problems. And that's like Tanya from that Ryan Christie. He's another one to come back into the Celtic yeah. team at the end of the season. Now, now Ryan could walk into that Celtic team because he's shown, mm-hmm. he's gained all the experience, and he's looked every inch a cracking player. Yeah. You know, and you, these are the guys that you can build around. You know that. Fake striker role that you were playing. You can see him in that pocket, can't you? Because he's very creative, he's very forward thinking, and he's got good eye for a pass and can score goals. The one thing, the one thing he does that 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 obviously the the others that that Celtic have in that position when he plays in behind the strikers, he runs in behind. Yeah, causes real threats in behind. You know, whereas obviously Tommy likes to come defeat more and play in front of you know the, the the centre forward, whereas. He breaks lines, and I think Celtic have really relied on Stuart Armstrong a, yeah. a heavy amount to do that when he plays. But it, to have someone of the likes of Christie to be able to go and do that as well, and that's why I say that's a, a place where they could do with someone yeah. that could do that and really cause you know defenses problems, you know, within the league and in Europe. And I'm sure Rogers is monitoring what you've been doing with Aberdeen and thinking, you, there could be a slot for you when you come back. Okay, so that's all for us this week. We'll be back at some point next week between Christmas and New Year, which I'm sure will be very sober affair on the podcast if you want to get in touch with us you can I'm on Twitter at Graham underscore Young 27 Tony my Twitter handles at a Haggerty DR Scott don't have one oh, like smart man <laughs> smart man you need to get on Twitter Scott yeah. no, all the fun happens <laughs> yes I get enough abuse from Saturday to Saturday really see that, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, so don't forget to, <laughs> so don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it's available and if you like it, please review and rate us there too. Thanks for listening.